In 2018, the Wealth Standard Podcast broke down the year into three seasons, each focusing on a principle from the inspired works of philosopher John Locke, specifically his philosophy on life, liberty, and property. In 2019, we progressed from principle to the ideal environment for building wealth and achieving prosperity. The theme was laissez-faire capitalism. For season two, it continues. The theme is entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship and how you apply the principles and environment to the individual. The guests ranging from economists to entrepreneurs to political influencers, authors, and more will teach you how to take your life to the next level. Now, on to the next episode. Hey everyone, this is Patrick. Thank you for tuning in this week. I'm solo and I have a lot to cover. I'm really excited to share a few things with you guys. And listen, this is the episode after Thanksgiving. Hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving and were able to celebrate just the amazing things that we all have around us. And you know, there's a saying that I've come to love this year, which is you know trading expectations for appreciation. I'm going to get into a lot of that today. Hope you guys had a great break and it's hard to believe that we're coming to the end of the year and the end of the season on entrepreneurship. I've had a good time and I want to really just kind of unload on everyone just the experiences I've had this year that have revolved around this topic. But we still have a few more guests left, so it's not going to be the last episode and I'll probably do a conclusion to the season. But I have a few more guests. My good friend, Craig Ballantyne, the author of The Perfect Day Formula. For those of you who have read my book, I talk about the story behind kind of how the book came to uh, came to light and Craig's couple day workshop was instrumental in kind of initiating those thoughts and feelings and drive and motivation to the book. But also we have a local CEO of a local company. One of my guys, Ben Curtis, just an amazing friend and one of the executives here at, at Paradigm. He knows everybody, it seems like. And so we both about a year ago bought this backpack from Nomadic and I've seen them everywhere. And I got to travel a lot this year and there's a lot of people even internationally, they have nomadic backpacks. So the CEO and the founder is going to join us uh, next week. So it's going to, or I'll see you next week, the week after. So we have him on there and a few more guests. I think we have more than the actual weeks are. So we're going to probably do a couple in a week. But anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. The purpose of doing this is just as much to benefit me as it is to, to benefit you because I'm on this journey as well. And I know you guys tuning in and the feedback that we get just around the notion of entrepreneur, it doesn't relate to those that are already entrepreneurs. I think there's like an entrepreneur bug in everyone. There's this, what's a seed in us that's there that we can nourish and nurture. And then once it becomes a plan, we can prune it and ultimately get fruit from it. It's one of those things where it's not this overnight thing. I think there's some entrepreneurial perspective out there that you get these insanely successful results, the fruit, without ever having to plant a seed and multiple seeds and nourish the soil and make sure it's in the right soil and prune and fertilize and weed. And there's a whole process to it. And I think it's a never ending process, right? The whole idea of an infinite game. It's this never-ending process of improving ourselves, expanding, providing more value to others. So I've had a great time. And I want to, as I mentioned, just talk about some of the things that have been going on with me, some of the experiences I've had, my breakthroughs. And before I do that, I'm going to kind of introduce the next season for the Well Standard podcast. And uh, we have a lot of stuff that we could talk about. And I felt, felt it appropriate to talk more practical things. I mean, we've spent essentially two years being very philosophical. The 2018 is the year that my book came out and we got into the notion of life that you are your best asset. We got into liberty, the pursuit of independence, the pursuit of freedom. 
and then property, right? Coming from John Locke's writings and his philosophy back in the late 1700s. But then we get into this year, right? And we talk capitalism. Capitalism is very philosophical. And then we're into entrepreneurship, right? Which is also kind of an idea. So for 2020, we're going to kick off the first season talking about investments and wealth strategy. Now it's going to be different. Obviously, I don't do anything really mainstream. (laughs) Mainstream is boring and mainstream really never works either. Anyway, especially in the long run. You know, my take on it is going to be atypical investments, atypical wealth strategy. I have just an incredible opportunity to network and rub shoulders with so many amazing people. And I run across all sorts of different types of investments that are are fascinating. So it's amazing what people come up with as far as value propositions and how they monetize that, how they raise capital, how they create investments, how they get others to invest. So we're going to have definitely several months of just talking about different investments, alternative investments, atypical investments, as well as wealth strategy. And I really wanted to weave in the ideas that we've been talking about the last couple of years around entrepreneurship, pursuing financial independence, what that means, and how does investment relate to you as an individual, your business, how you produce and how you generate revenue. Because I know that success will come from them being hand in hand as opposed to contrary. And there has to be this kind of balance between the two because in the end, if a person has tons of money and they have tons of investments and they're earning income every single month, without the ability to produce value to somebody else, to provide, to contribute, to give back, to grow who you are and be more valuable to other people, that's when life is really sad for most. There's that saying that Tony Robbins uses, which is success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And I believe that that fulfillment comes from understanding who we are and being of benefit to somebody else, regardless of how financially free we are with investments and wealth. So I think they go hand hand in hand. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because I saw evidence of that all over the place. I hope you guys have had a chance to read it. If you haven't, headsortailsiwin.com, or also you can also go to the book website, or sorry, the uh, podcast website, which is thewellstandard.com, and there's links on there to purchase it. So we're going to get a lot into investment strategy, wealth strategy, atypical investments. Hope you guys are ready for that because I have some really cool people that I've met along the way and plus some others that I really like to interview. They have some cool just angles on making investments, insuring investments, due diligence. We have a good friend of mine, Mauricio, who's been on the show in, in the past. He is an attorney and specializes in syndication, raising capital and sees all sorts of investments. But at the same time, he sees lots of ways in which people syndicate, raise money and do it the wrong way and get themselves in trouble and subsequently get a lot of other people in in trouble by losing their money. We're going to get into the legal side of things. We're going to get into how to do due diligence. We're going to get into some just weird, interesting types of investments that you probably have never heard of before. It's going to be fun. So one other thing. So stick with me to the end because in the end, I am going to announce something and I'm going to invite you to something. So please stick with me to right to the end. I'll announce that uh, right before I sign off. Okay, so let me talk just a lot about what I've learned this year. If you guys are just tuning in for the first time, go back, listen to the previous podcast and kind of binge them all there. There's some that are really long. I didn't intend on, I think we had the longest podcast with Michael Gerber ever recorded in our almost 400, north of 400 episodes. And it was amazing. I intended for it to go maybe 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. You know, usually it went, you know, almost two hours and it was amazing. And so we hope you guys had a chance to listen to all of that. There's just some nuggets in there that totally inspired me. What I've learned over the years and really the lesson that I've taken away from this season and just my year spending a lot of time on personal development. I mentioned to you guys that I joined up with Tony Robbins Inner Circle called the Platinum Partnership and have traveled all over the world. I think I did like eight or nine events this year. I was everywhere. It's insane. It was exhausting to say the least, but it totally changed my life. But what I've discovered about myself is just the idea that quality of your life is in proportion to the quality of your relationships. 
And, you know, I've met some incredible people. And growing up, I was really introverted, really shy, and wouldn't go out of my way to introduce myself or talk to somebody. And I still have those inclinations. At the same time, some of the most amazing experiences that I've had is coming from knowing and understanding others. And with the podcast, I have a unique opportunity to ask questions, to understand a person, to hear stories, and just build those connections. And it's such a blessing for me. And I don't know if there's no calculated way in which I got to the point where I was able to do this. It's just in the end, I look at how powerful relationships are and it's what we all seek. And it's just to share one another with each other. We're all different, we're all unique. We all have different experiences and circumstances. It's one of those like paradoxes. I think that the idea of connecting with people, the fear, there's this fear associated with how we stack up or what if they knew this or how I look or how I'm perceived. We have this way in which we show up at the most successful way in which we show up is to be real, is to be our th- ourselves, to be authentic, right? Because it's kind of like there's a spider sense in everybody detects whether that's BS or not. And so for me, it's recognizing that there's some really successful people out there. I don't have to be afraid. But then also at the same time, I look at so many successful people and I've heard with this group that I've been a part of, I've heard so many stories around success, especially in the business world, the investment world, but horrible failures in relationships, in their bodies, right? In their their physical well-being, their health, right? And it's just one of those things that has caused me to reflect on. There's this balance of things everybody seeks, but yet nobody ever achieves. And that's where it's this constant refinement process over and over and over. And it's not just on one aspect of our lives. It's on all aspects of our lives. And them being in harmony with one another is really where that fulfillment comes from. But my point was within all individuals, we put people on pedestals that this successful person that they've accomplished and achieved all these things, but they're human, right? And we all battle the same things. And that's what I'm going to talk about because we're always working on ourselves. We always have those opportunities, but unless we realize it's going to be very difficult to suppress the real us, it's eventually going to come out. So we might as well just accept from the get-go, right? But what I've learned is that I love who I am. I don't know if I've always believed that. I love the relationships that I have, and I feel so fortunate and grateful for that. And the saying that I mentioned in the beginning, trading appreciation for expectations, it's changed my life because there's all sorts of things that I expect. I have high standards for myself, high standards for my kids, high standards for my business. And I realize that we're all human beings coming to the table inadequate, uh, subject to failure, right? And instead of me being frustrated or impatient with those that I'm surrounded by, even myself, I'm the most harsh on myself right? It's to be grateful for them, grateful for who I am, grateful for my opportunities, grateful for my experiences, good, bad, or, or indifferent. This is kind of the perspective I go into these new relationships that I have. And I look at from an entrepreneur perspective, I believe that we're all facing the exact same challenge, right? The exact same problems in relation to getting ahead. They may be at different scales, but it really all comes down to fear, right? And the fear is different, but ultimately fear boils down, right? And so the saying boils down is boil salt water, you'll get salt in the end, right? So what everything boils down to is the fear of not being loved because this fear of a feeling of not being enough. You don't want people to perceive that you're not enough for this relationship or that relationship. And I think everybody has that no matter what caliber of person it really is, whether it's amongst your peers, amongst your family, right? All boils down to that. It's just at different degrees. So these feelings of failure, falling short of expectations, right? It's amazing that we have these rules that we've unconsciously created for what failure is, right? Because failure, we have to define it, but failure can be defined in so many different ways. Failure can be defined as, because most people would say, I'm afraid of failing because of how I will look and how I will look. People will realize that I'm not smart as I think I am or they think I am. I'm not enough or that I'm inadequate. Everybody has that, right? Because we all have it in some capacity, right? In the different elements of our life. 
right? But rewiring yourself to have different rules. Because I think we all have these rules, but we've unconsciously created them, as I said. So rewriting the rule of failure could be failure is only if I fail to see a lesson in my life's experiences, right? So that's where you have a challenge. Maybe your expectation is for this to happen, this happen, but maybe it doesn't happen. Well, there's a lesson there. There's something amazing. And failing to see that, I think, is ultimate failure. I also heard something recently, which was it blew me away, and it had to do with worthiness. That's also something, especially when it comes to the Judeo-Christian world, right, is we don't want to be unworthy. We don't want to do things, right, we're perceived is against this or against that. We have all sorts of rules associated with that. But I heard a new rule, rewriting the rule around worthiness, which is I'm worthy when I know I've pushed myself beyond my previous limitations. Like, that's an incredibly empowering rule, right? And, and we're not going to get into all the details of it, but we have these rules associated with how we're happy. Well, I'm happy if all of these things happen, right? But you could be happy without that, right? And most people have been happy in the past without those expectations. It's fascinating, right? But we approach life and we approach challenge and that's never going to end, right? The human experience, I would say, is to constantly have these experiences, right, where we're challenged. We hit these emotional thresholds and we essentially make a decision in that moment. And another saying I really love, which is, All you need is three seconds of courage and you can change your entire life. Just three seconds. Because in those three seconds, decisions will be made about who you are, what you're capable of, what you want, and knowing that you can overcome whatever it is to get what you want. That would completely change somebody's life, right? But the gap between where we are and where we want to be, right, is ultimately unused courage. It's not acting, right, on those opportunities. Unused faith, right? Unused faith in ourselves, right? Believing that we're not capable or we're not worthy, right? Or we're inadequate. We're not smart enough. But ultimately making decisions and facing what the world, you know, constitutes as as failure, a lot of people's eyes is success. And that's one of those common things I've seen with successful entrepreneurs is they've rewritten the rules associated with uh, what success means and what failure means. And I think it's powerful. And we all face these opportunities to grow. And, you know, I heard a talk recently and it talked about how many examples there are in literature, in religious scripture about vegetation, the idea of fruit and the idea of seeds. And I think that there's this process between seed and fruit and continual fruit that's profound. And I believe that that relates a lot to, there's a parallel to our human experience, right? Where we want fruit, we want different results, we want better results, but oftentimes it takes planting a new seed nurturing that seed, making sure it's in the right environment, fertilizing it, pruning it. And then it gets to the point where it bears fruit. And then the fruit falls off. Some of it's eaten. Some of it goes right into the soil and essentially has new seeds in there. It grows into new plants. Anyway, it's a fascinating thing to think about. Very, You can get really deep into that. right? But the idea is in the end, people want to circumvent nature. And I think entrepreneurs, especially those that have been successful over and over and over again, right? Understand this kind of like vegetation process, right? This plant process, this natural order of things. And what's amazing is that in that order of things, right? You're never going to have the same exact environment. There's going to be different storms. There's going to be a fire. There's going to be lightning storms, a hurricane. But in those storms, things get stronger. And I think oftentimes we're so afraid of storms. We're so afraid of uh, adversity and challenge. And we try our best to kind of circumvent or circumvent it because it goes to this whole failure, right? I don't want to be perceived as incompetent. I don't want to feel that I'm not enough. I don't want to experience failure. I love people when they see that I'm a failure, they're not going to love me. It's weird how we just kind of keep coming back to that. 
But ultimately, I would say approaching these storms and recognizing that growth takes place when there is friction. Okay. When we approach that friction, we figure our way through it, not around it, but through it. That's where the growth really takes place. So I'm going to give you guys a story that I think is really interesting. So I went to a relationship course. It's called Relationship Mastery. And it was amazing. And I'm going to get into just one thing that I experienced. I might get into two toward the end. But the one main thing I experienced there is the concept of immersion and conditioning. So it was set up this way, but it was a traumatic, I would say, environment in which men kind of got into their like roots of survival. And it was powerful. So it was a kind of a self-defense class, but it wasn't self-defense and being able to defend yourself. It was self-defense by being able to have wired into your nervous system, how to incapacitate somebody. And it was profound because of how like shocking it was, but also because of how well I now have like the knowledge of that in me. It's powerful. So the guy that taught it was a former Navy SEAL. He's trained really high level corporate executives. And you look at the guy and like, he's the guy that if you went into a dark alley in the middle of the worst situation possible, he's, he's the guy you would want to go with. And you look at him, he's just, his voice, his like presence, he's freaking huge, like sleeve tattoos, like a guy you do not want to mess with. And when, and we, when he speaks, like everybody shuts up. There's a room of hundreds of hundreds of men that were completely silent when he was speaking. But they started off this event by having a very kind of faint light in the room. And then they played these very traumatic videos. So you guys can fast forward 15 seconds if you don't want to hear these traumatic videos. One of the videos I remember was of a, a store clerk and uh, was being robbed at knife point, not a gunpoint, but a knife point. And he tried to defend himself and was unable to defend himself. And ultimately the attacker um, knifed him, stabbed him to death. And it was all visual. I mean, there's nothing that was edited. And man, my heart sank. Like it was like one of those, like your jaw dropped to the floor and you should see like the room was just, it was like perfectly silent of how traumatizing it was. Then it showed somebody on the subway, multiple people trying to get this guy that had a gun and they all tried to go after him and he ultimately shot them. It was traumatic. And during that, you had an interesting experience among this group of men. One of them, two of them total, one of them completely passed out. Like we were all standing at the time, like completely passed out. It was crazy. And then another one passed out. He had these big thumbs on the floor. It was super traumatizing. But he showed us that to really create the environment to plant a seed. Again, this goes to that same type of example, right? And the seed that he started to plant was, it was one of the most powerful things I've ever experienced. And he cited a book, I think it's by Daniel Coyle called The Talent Code. And in The Talent Code, it talks about the process of establishing what's called myelin. It's different ways in which your brain is wired to do certain things by habit. It's the whole unconscious competence where you have the Tiger Woods, the Michael Jordans, these professional musicians. There's another example where you've conditioned yourself over and over and over and over that you do not think when you perform. Okay, you've done all the work. It's built into your nervous system and you go out and you know exactly what to do. You don't consciously know what to do. Unconsciously, you know exactly what to do. This book explains this Russian tennis camp and how they practice a specific way. And the practice was done with intensity, but in slow motion. So what we learned to do is in this environment, it was over the course of a couple hours, we were essentially had, we're partnered up and uh, practiced 
these different incapacitating strikes with one another. So the strikes looked like, you know, it was to the, to the esophagus, to the, gosh, the artery in your neck, I'm spacing it right now. But the solar plexus, breaking ankles from the outside and inside, the groin, how to strike the groin properly, strike the neck from the back, strike ankles uh, from the back as well. So side, back, and other side. So it was so intense and it was a strike over and over and over again. But we did this over and over and over again, right, to nurture that seed so that if we ever were in the situation in which our family was in jeopardy, that we were attacked that we essentially had our life on the line, that our nervous system will remember what we were learning and we would be able to take out an eye, take out a throat, incapacitate somebody with their taking out their legs, their groin, their solar plexus, their esophagus, right? This soft spot right below your neck where if hit, you know, a person cannot breathe, right? So it was super traumatizing. But the point of me saying this was the idea of conditioning right, is building in habits, building in ways of doing things. And this comes down to really the process of making decisions, right? Conditioning ourselves that when we have a challenge, when something presents itself, you have stimulus as far as the event happening, then you have response, which is how you react. You can build in strategically a way in which you approach challenge, a way in which you approach difficulty, a way in which you approach your spouse, your children, your business, business opportunities. And if you strategically do that and then you condition it, you follow a certain process, you can essentially change your life. That's where everything happens between all the stimulus that we have, which is normally the same every single day, and then the responses that I have to it, which are mainly unconscious you can start to rewire that unconscious and respond to things, rewire things, redefine the rules of things. And this has to do with every part of our life. It has to do with our physical well-being. It has to do with our relationships. It has to do with work, our spirituality, the full spectrum, right? We can completely change our life with this process. And so that's really the thing that I've seen in entrepreneurs is whether they've done this consciously or they've kind of experienced things, right? They've been able to redefine how they approach challenges. They've been able to redefine what they do in certain circumstances, what's the proper way to respond, and then what's the improper way to respond. Carnally, right, our response is typically going to be survival, right? We're going to defend ourselves. If somebody critiques us, we're going to be like, they'll attack back, right? Or if somebody is condescending, right? Or they criticize us in the workplace, right? We're going to fire back, right? If we make a mistake, we're going to blame other people. Like these are the carnal instincts that cause us to respond that way to protect ourselves, right? Protect ourselves from getting hurt and feeling that we're not enough and feeling that we're not loved, right? So this is where you read, you have to redefine that because you're going to respond to it anyway. But between that stimulus and response is where a totally new life is available to you. Right. So the idea is making these decisions over and over and over again is going to give you essentially different results. I'll give you an example with my five year old. So here in the office, about a little over a year ago, uh, one of my guys and I bought a like a golf simulator and we have been looking one for a while and we have massive office space. I mean, we lease out about 10,000 square feet. We have 30,000 total. But the reason why we have such a massive office space is because we get a great deal on the office. Right. So several years ago, there were new owners. We were about to move. They essentially came to us with this like sweetheart deal where we're going to get almost triple the square footage with less monthly cost than the new place that we were moving. 
So it was amazing. So, right. So we've been here. We're actually have one more year left. Then we're probably going to move. But the reason why I'm saying this is because we have this golf simulator in our office and it's been amazing. I've totally taken this whole talent code thing and practiced just 10 minutes, three or four times a week. It did. It totally works anyway. But I brought my five-year-old son in and my five-year-old son, it's so amazing to have kids. I mean, it's one of the blessings of my life and something I do not appreciate as much as I, as much as I should. With my five-year-old son, I had him do exactly what I had learned at these self-defense courses. And obviously not like breaking an ankle or smacking a groin. I would not do that. My wife would crush me if I did that. But anyway, maybe when he's older, but from a slow motion, from an intensity standpoint, and it was fascinating to watch, fascinating to experience because I had him slowly walk up and one more step. And for a five-year-old, this is painful to do anything in slow motion. But one step, another step, another step, get his feet in the right location, get his grip right, come down, lean over the ball, look to where he's going to hit, look at the back of the ball, and do everything in slow motion. And I had him do it five times before he hit a real ball. And it's amazing just the result of that. So physically, right, there's not much on the line, okay? But this applies to every other aspect of life if you're intentional about it. You can completely rewire things. All right. So let me kind of move on because what I'm trying to get across to you guys is this whole idea of entrepreneurship and success, right, is essentially understanding ourself, understanding our behavior. And it all starts with planting new seeds, nourishing those seeds, having patience, and then seeing where things transpire. And it's going to happen most likely in ways that people don't think. This relationship is created, that relationship is created, but it all starts with that planting of a seed. And I would say those seeds are the opportunities that you have between stimulus and response. And I believe that as you understand the significance of the decisions that you have on a daily basis, now it comes down to reverse engineering the day, reverse engineering decisions. It could be as simple as showing up differently at the office. It can be showing up differently when you come home. It could be showing up differently for the holidays, right? You're going to have some major opportunities to do that where you see family and it's amazing how people resort to who they were when they were a child and they kind of conform to how they are with their family. It does not have to be that way. You can show up completely different. You can show up with a different state of loving instead of a state that you're all comfortable, we're all comfortable and familiar with. There's always opportunities to be different in those moments. And this is the idea behind, I would say, the different types of mastery. I've I've spoken about this before, right? There's three forms of mastery, cognitive mastery, emotional mastery, and physical mastery. What I've seen out there is today we have an immense amount of knowledge. It's everywhere. It's at our fingertips. We can have access to just the heaps and heaps and heaps of information. But having knowledge or having the access to knowledge will not get us different results. So this brings us to the second level of mastery, which is emotional mastery. It's understanding the positive emotions and the negative emotions associated with the information you now have available to you. And this is where you get to connect to really, if you use information and try to get new results and fail, right? What emotions are going to take place? And then how do you kind of redefine the rules associated with those emotions in order to have a different experience? And doing that over and over and over, conditioning that leads to physical mastery. Kind of like you've purged old habits and you've replaced them with new habits. And then it's the continual conditioning and reprogramming and rewiring and reinforcing those habits, whether it's how you eat, whether it's how your day goes, whether it's how you show up as a father, whether it's how you show up as a friend, as a son or daughter, as a sibling. It applies to everything in life, how you show up as a colleague, right? You have the circumstances, you have that environment, but you can plant a new seed. You can 
nourish differently. You can prune differently, right? All sorts of different vegetation out there. Some require a lot of water. Some require no water. Weeds, right? Some grow really quick. Some grow really slow. Some take years to bear fruit. Some produce fruit in one season, right? There's all sorts of different circumstances that we have. However, we have something that separates us from just the natural order of life. We have the ability to choose. We can choose what seeds we plant. We can choose how to nurture, nurture differently, observe, prune, maybe uproot and replant, right? Those choices that we have that we get to confront every single day, right? And again, this going to the purpose of me explaining this is this is what I've discovered in entrepreneurs, right? That really successful people, and I'll go back to the relationship mastery I went to. This is where so many successful people were there. I mean, I can name businesses. I can name even some people, which I won't, right? But these are like billionaires, multi-hundred millionaires that were so successful in certain areas of their life, but were either in horrible shape physically or had horrible relationships, right? And really goes to the the saying I mentioned, right? It's having these successes without fulfillment. And really fulfillment comes from just a few areas, right? It's relationships, number one. I think that's where the ultimate, that type of relationship, you know, an intimate relationship, a partner, right? That is where I would say a lot of life's fulfillment comes from. Not everything, right? But I would say it's one of those primary ingredients that if you don't have it, right, it's going to be very challenging, if not impossible, to have a truly fulfilling life. And so having relationships right? Especially with male and female where they're completely wired different, yet they both think each other is the same. And again, I won't go into that, right? It's this idea of wanting to have a fulfilling relationship and being willing, right? To approach that challenge in a new way, being able to rewire the rules where you're not afraid of not being enough or not being loved, that you get to the point where you're generous, regardless of the circumstances. It's not this horse trading, right? Where I do this, but I'm only going to do that if she does that or he does this and then I'll do that, right? That's where things just get off the rails. And that's why you look at all the different aspects of life and entrepreneurs face challenges in all those different regards, right? And, but yet the equation and the ingredients are all the same, just different application. So it's approaching challenge and recognizing that there is this ideal outcome, but understanding the actual seed, nurture, prune, you understand that process, you can start making decisions uh, today. It's not that life's going to change overnight, right? These are going to be some decisions that are going to be really hard, right? But then if you can rewire yourself, if you can condition yourself, right, then it's going to be easier and easier and easier, but then you're going to want to get to a new level and then another level. So the process will never end. It's this infinite game. The infinite game, the purpose of the game is to keep on playing, right? And this is a game that we're going to play for the rest of our life. There's not an end to it. And so I think that's probably the first thing you should be aware of, right? Even though there's fruit in the end, right? It's like, you're going to have a storm that's going to blow all the fruit off and you're going to start somewhere else, right? So it's one of those things where it's a constant, right? But there are some things you can be aware of so that we can start today getting different results. So I'm going to now talk about my invitation to you guys. These are the events I've gone to this year have been life-changing for me. It's helped me view things different. It's exposed some stuff in me that I really wasn't happy about. And it's helped my relationships, my spouse first and foremost, but not without difficult conversations and realizations that I've had and she's had with my kids, especially just the way in which I would respond and way in which I would show up sometimes. This whole year has really caused me to reflect on my life, what I want, where I'm at, being appreciative and grateful for everything 
right? And using that as the focus, as opposed to what's missing or what's not, what's somebody not doing? What are they doing? It's allowed me just to introspect over and over and over again and really rewire myself. And I'm not done. There's events I'm going to go to next year, but I wanted to invite you guys to an event. And it's an event that I took my daughter who turned 15 at the event just a few weeks ago in Miami. And I took a great friend of mine and colleague, Nate Butler, who's in in my office, one of our advisors. And these were life-changing experiences for them in way different ways, as you can imagine. But then my experience of it as well was different. This is the fourth time I've attended this specific event. And I walked away from it with something completely different and empowering. It was amazing. I want to invite my podcast audience, the Well Standard podcast audience, to a physical event this coming March. And I believe the dates are, when is it? March 12th through the 15th. And it's in San Jose, California. And not only invite you, but I want to meet you there. Depending on how many people end up coming, I'm going to arrange kind of a a meeting, whether it's at a hotel or at the event itself. So we can all meet up and discuss. We'll probably be after the event has started, but I can't wait to go again. I'm going to bring some people from my office. It's going to be a great, a great event. So I would like to invite you, the audience. So if you guys head over to thewealthstandard.com, I'm going to have some information on there and how you can essentially go and register. And it has all sorts of information on there for you. So head over to thewealthstandard.com. In this episode's post, the blog post, you will see a link. All you got to do is click on that link and it is pretty self-explanatory from there on out. Now, this is an event that some pretty famous people have been to and go to. So most notably, Serena Williams, Hugh Jackman, Anthony Hopkins. This is the event that Mark Benioff, who is the founder of Salesforce, to whom I pay a significant amount of money each year. I actually just wrote the check a couple of days ago. He's a billionaire, right? Because of creating Salesforce and a lot of those ideas, but also the courage to leave Oracle and to start his new journey came from attending this event. I believe that in each of you, there is something that is there to be unleashed. It's ready. That seed is there. And discovering it, right, is usually possible when you unplug yourself from the norms, unplug yourself from your daily routine and you plant yourself in an environment that is designed to essentially bring this out of you. So it's a, it's a Tony Robbins conference called Unleash the Power. It's his primary event. I don't think Tony is going to be doing these conferences for a lot longer. He might be, I might be totally wrong, right? But it's intense. You guys will see. And it's just an incredible experience that I've been blessed to attend a number of times. And I want to give that gift to you. I want to invite you guys to come. And if you have the means, I think some of the tickets are just a few hundred bucks, but don't sit up in the nosebleeds. I would say purchase those tickets that give you, you know, make that investment, make that investment in yourself and for every aspect of your life. Because as I mentioned, supplies to them all. And I would love to see you too and love to hang out with you and rub shoulders and brainstorm. And anyway, I'd love to give that gift to you. So that's my invite. Hope you guys can go over to thewellstandard.com and click on the link. It's going to be awesome. So again, it's March 12th to 15th in 2020, and it's in San Jose, California. So I'd uh, love to see you guys there. All right, that's it for this episode. Hope you guys have gotten something out of it. I believe that within all humans is something super special. And the fact that you guys are on a podcast, listening, educating yourself, okay, it's the cognitive mastery. I don't think you're going to change your life by listening to a podcast. It's the application of that knowledge that's really going to start to change things for you. 
And I know that you don't have to go to conferences, right, in order to have the experience of physical mastery, but this is a way to accelerate that process. So I'd love to see you guys there. All right, that's it. Next week, please tune in. We got some cool guests coming up. Again, hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. I feel very grateful to you for the support I've received over the years. Uh, it's humbling. And, you know, I appreciate just emails that are sent, the thumbs up that are sent, the listens. It makes me just incredibly grateful and appreciative that there are those out there that want to take their life to new heights and make a bigger difference, not just for themselves, but for those that they surround themselves with. So I'm super appreciative of you guys. Thank you for all that you do for me. All right, that's it. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.